We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Aguero! Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kearney. Joining me for this episode is Slavek Morawski. He is a coach, an analyst based in Poland. He's worked in the professional game over there. Coaches are probably familiar with his work on social media. He runs the Mind Footballness account. Absolutely brilliant stuff he puts out there. Really passionate about analysis and cognitive methodology in the game. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Game intelligence. What exactly is it? How exactly can we create an environment as coaches that facilitates the decision-making process and the cognitive tools that are acquired at the highest level? So he's got some brilliant insight in there and I think coaches will enjoy it and be able to take quite a few things into your environment as well. Really looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts on this. Before we start, an exciting announcement with Modern Soccer Coach today. We are launching the Modern Soccer Coach community platform. So if you enjoy any of the content that we've created over the past couple of years, from books to webinars, this podcast, analysis, interviews, etc., I really think you're going to enjoy this. It's a communication platform specifically designed for coaches to get access to in-depth work, share new and potentially diverse ideas, and then have the option of discussing a wide range of topics within the game that all will change on a daily basis. So coaches who register will have immediate access. You'll get over 200 training exercises that are all animated, all organized into set categories. So that's perfect for your pre-season planning. But the goal of the platform is to be more than just a session sharing or more than just information. So every day you'll get fresh new content that will provide context, detail, a little bit of creativity, some aspects that are possibly missing in today's social media at the minute. All coaches can register right away for a free two-week trial period and then check it out. It's only six bucks a month to access everything in the platform after those two weeks. So please go ahead and check it out. I've been working on this for a long time alongside Coach Logic. So really excited to build it and got some really top coaches who are getting involved in it as well. So please check it out. The link is on the podcast description page. I'll also have it up on social media today at Gary Kernin on Instagram, at Gary Kernin on Twitter. Okay, here is Slavek. Enjoy. Slavek, thanks so much for joining me today on the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Super excited to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much. Hello to, to all of the listeners. We're going to talk about game intelligence and... I wanted to start it off with a quote that I saw last week from, from Zlatan Ibrahimovic when he was talking about Efrain Alvarez, the young player at the LA Galaxy. So he said he's by far the biggest talent from everyone in the MLS because he thinks football. He has that football in him and it's natural. It didn't come by training or something. Anyone can have the training, the physical work and all those things that you put together to become a better player. 
but you cannot have that football in you. He has it. So the first question I wanted to hit you with was, do you think football intelligence is something you are born with or is it developed over time? Oh, yeah, this is a very interesting question, uh, especially that football intelligence is getting more and more popular these days in the modern football. Especially, I think it's a factor that separates the good players from the best players. Uh, but what the football intelligence itself is, in my opinion, is just ability to, to get the information, to recognize the outer conditions, to recognize and understand problematic situations and, and, find, and find the best solution that can help you to solve this problematic scenario on the game. So, of course, for me, if you as a coach will put your players into these conditions, and in the training, you will create uh, your, your training games and you will put those conditions on the pitch during the training. You can improve your player's intelligence. Why? Because you will go to the, to the fundamental parts. You will go to the cognitive aspects of the game, to ability, abilities to recognize outer conditions during the game. And then if you will put the pressure of opponent, pressure of time, pressure of space, you will push your players to find those solutions in the shorter periods of time. By this way, you will have a good influence on their understanding of the game and in the effect, the football intelligence. Brilliant, brilliant. So, it, so it's looking at, at our environment that we are producing for the players and constantly reflecting on, is, is the starting point then session design to see, does this really challenge does this really expose my player to time space w would that be your starting point for youth coaches um it all depends on how much do you know your players and what stage of the coaching process you are in personally i think uh getting into the summative or collective part of uh, development it's a good point to, to when the opponent arises, when the child is not so egocentric and he starts to be aware of that. There's me and the ball, but also sometimes there is opponent or my teammate who arise in, in my view, view side. So it's a good starting point to, to, to get into the development of uh, those cognitive aspects. When and where player perceives uh, what he tries to perceive during the game because that would determine his efficiency and his actions his actions with the ball if he will run with the ball into the opponent or maybe he will run with the ball on his teammate or maybe he will try to pass the ball to his teammate and avoid the opponent this is like a first steps in in, in those training process mention about that that senior senior soccer once they get to 16 to 18 years of age and they have not been they've not exposed an environment that challenges them cognitively or exposes them to the tactical side of the game what can then coaches do to help speed this process up or maybe make up for lost time mm, for me it's never too late mm. of course the older player is he can have a um, some amount of bad habits. What I find the crucial here is the reason 
why also why I started to create my analysis because the visual education using the analysis of this player and showing me them the better examples from professionals can be very inspiring for those players so if we have under 16 under 18 players and we create uh, conditions during the training I prefer to separate 10-15 minutes of every training at the start uh, to work just on the contents of perception uh, decision making uh, because those players who have bad habits usually cannot create the progression in the game if we can set, uh, if we can spare some extra time for them like turning the head correcting body orientation correcting position on the field to recognize the better direction of the game this will create better habits so it's I think it's never too late for working with even older players to improve their understanding of, of the game. Everything depends on the way you work. So my way of coaching this is extra time, 15, 15 20 minutes of just decision-making games, small field, one simple concept. like. Today, let's focus only on body orientation. How is your body oriented during the game? Are you facing your teammate with the ball? If you are facing him uh, in this way, face to face, it's very difficult for you to notice what's in the other side. So what's the direction you will choose? Probably it will be the back pass. You will probably play in the direction the ball comes from, or you will not be able to avoid the pressing in that way. So small game, individual work, and of course analysis. Yeah, let's let's talk about that there. Then learning from players because what you're what you're saying there is sometimes as coaches we feel that we have all the answers, and that can then we can learn more from them because of their perspective. Should we be a bit more player centered in that respect? Mm, I think it's it all depends on. Uh, good balance, uh, good proportions in, in, in this process. If we are training in the games, sometimes we should uh, get rid of too much expectations or precautions uh, to not make the, the judgment before before we start the, the, the game. Because sometimes, uh, sometimes the things can go in a completely different way, like we should start every training game with the open mind because it's what makes the inspiration flow in the both directions. And also, it's, it has a big impact on communication between the coach and player. Uh, of course, we should maintain the tempo and the concept, our idea of the game. Uh, but sometimes we must be careful to not kill the creativity in the players, especially in, in the youth stage. Uh, so sometimes the new ideas and new solutions, even if they are different from what we expect, it doesn't mean they are wrong. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I think. If we can reala realize, uh, if we can still 
play with our identity and our philosophy of work and we can achieve the same result the way even if the player can choose the other way to do it sometimes it's okay yeah that's that's really interesting to me because sometimes we find that those great moments of the game in the history of the game there's a Dan volley for Real Madrid in 2002 if that goes 20 yards over the bar a coach is going to say you should have took that down in your chest and found a solution so how do we allow those players to still be creative and take those risks while being consistent with the game model oh that's creativity for me being creativity is a pure intelligence because it helps you to find something something new something something special and that's what makes uh, the soccer. What uh, that's what makes football beautiful, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, especially if we are working with uh, in the youth football, we are getting the young, very inspiring and intelligent people. Mm. We are working with in the first step. There, that's our job, our duty to make the best footballers they can be. So, for me. Uh, sometimes getting involved in the in the rules of the game sometimes I just let go of it because I, I, I see the intensity of the game and idea of the small game is getting realized in the way I couldn't even think about because the players are feeling the game in training game in this way so I think it's also some important characteristic of our times that we have a lot of academies, a lot of rules, a lot of clubs. So it's hard to see the football on the street. It's hard to find the, the kids playing uh, after training, after school. Mm. And. Uh, so sometimes uh, it's even better for us to create some game and just let players realize their own idea of, of, of the game. That's the, the best way to, to let them be more creative. And of course we can connect that if we create small side game or some special tactical game we have an idea in of it's okay to put some simple things so we can realize our purpose of the training but in the same time do not get involved too much in the individual players choices mm. uh, so everything depends if you as a coach if you are aware and conscious enough of what can you uh, achieve through the training but in the same time what informations you are giving to the players if those are informations starting with don't do this or do not play this way or that way or you are supporting your player by, by, by the question or simple advices like which direction should be better here why do you what can you do next time what space you will take next time to not lose the ball or to make the pass more safe and then 
we can support in a positive way with the positive communication and let the players be more confident because sometimes kids are very creative but they are just not very confident to try in the training. That piece about creativity and kind of stifling creativity, if the training exercises are repetitive, if we have an exercise, say a 4v4 plus 3, where as a coach we see that in so many ways that we can do this and we can work on that and we can work on these different tactical concepts, but the player interprets it as, ah, here we go again, you know, it's just boring exercise. Does that have the potential to restrict creativity or is that something that the player has to get through? I think it's, uh, of course, it's a way to, to work on practically everything you want as a coach and creativity as well. Sometimes if the exercise is re repeated for a multiple time, uh, we can just connect that with some kind of uh, competition. And it's also very important, uh, because for me as the coach is not the most important what type of exercise you are doing, but is the way how you do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so the pro setting the proper conditions and information to the players, uh, it's, it's what determines their um, involvement and willingness to, to work more. So if, if we will use 4v4 plus 3, uh, we can still work on something new. It's, if, if we separate the field, if we create the small boxes inside of the field, of we create the rule that providing the ball from one neutral player to another side is the goal for your team and you are create competitiveness inside of this game, I'm sure you can maintain the good tempo and good involvement of, of the players. And if you will not set the rule that you cannot run with the ball or you can set the rule, you cannot pass from the one square to another square if you if you separate the, 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 the pitch, then you can push the players to look for more one against one uh, challenges to win the, those those situations. And that's that will create some short points and some specific situations where the player can can be if he will be not creative, he will just lose the ball. So sometimes uh, it all depends on what conditions inside of the game you will create as a coach. Sometimes you you must push push the player in some specific uh, in some specific direction mm. uh, so he can so he can react in the way you want as a coach without telling him play one against one why you're not playing one against one but he will think why should I take the dribbling here one on one I can pass my teammate is free we, we play 4v4 plus 3 mm. but if you will set the rule, you cannot get out of the square by the pass. You need to go by the running with the ball or dribbling. He will have no choice. And he will understand that sometimes in the during the match, I can create big advantage for my team by taking this into the real, real, real match. You said that 
the brain is the most important muscle in football. Is there a possibility of cognitively overloading players in training sessions, either either in one session or throughout the week? In tactical periodization, they talk about mental fatigue. Is there days when, at any level of the game, should you lower your decision-making to let the players almost take a step back? Or is it something that you would say constantly push? Well, of course. Uh, in my in my experience, I faced many situations when after the training, players were more tired in the mental way than in the physical way. And especially in the academy level, we must be careful because sometimes the player, we can achieve completely back process, completely different result we were expecting. And uh, sometimes players can even think that there are too many things. Coach is demanding too much from me, so we must be really careful with that. However, the cognitive methodology of training itself, for me, should be included in every part of the training, every, maybe not part, but every game, every training game we are taking. Though, that is important is if as a coach you are pointing it out so much. It should be more like a part of the working culture. It should be uh, sometimes even as a background of every game. You don't have to point it out in the every possible opportunity your player will make a bad decision. So overloading is a common thing and it's like since the brain is very important uh, muscle in football, it's like with every other muscle we can overwork. We can we can just put too much fatigue in, in, onto it. So sometimes you can take a step back as a coach and let the players uh, do their work. Of course, if the bad decision is repeating uh, too too often during the game from a specific player, you can point it out, but do not make a big judgment and make the consequences from that. Let's just uh, reflect that, okay, look, another time, another time we are playing in this direction and we are losing the ball. Let's try to be more, more creative, let's try to find better solutions so we will not lose the goal, because losing the goal is not our is not our point in game. We don't want to lose the goal. We want to operate with the ball in a responsible way. So let's try to find, let's not be afraid to make a risk to play forward. Mm. So in working on this cognitive aspect, form of communication you're giving as a coach is a key. Mm. Because in modern football, intellectual part of the game is getting more and more popular, it's almost like a passion these days. There was a part for tactical periodization, there was a lot of time for a tiki-taka, uh, and now it's a part for football IQ, football intelligence. But here, we will not coach that as we can do with tiki-taka. I can, I can say, I download the training session from the internet and today I will work on tiki-taka. 
today I found a great YouTube video and today I will work on cognitive aspects of the game. No, you will not. Because it's not about the form of exercise, form of training game you are doing. It's the way how you do it as a coach. If as a coach you are, your level of football awareness is on the correct level and you know how to form the information and how to coach in this most psychological way, how to ask questions and what tips give to your player, then you can improve the level of, of football IQ, football. You can work in football in a cognitive methodology. Are you saying that the behavior of the coach daily impacts the player's ability or desire to want to improve that side of the game if the coach is don't do that you gave it away if it's constantly a negative variable even if the exercise has everything it is going to have a negative impact on the player's ability to to be creative or to want to take risks or to want to improve that mental side of the game uh, i'm sure about it however even the information uh, be creative the content of this information is nothing for the player yeah <laughs> play with it. What does, what does what does it mean be creative I think I'm creative or coach will say try to understand the game but player will think I understand the game in my understanding it, this is what's happening but you as a coach you have completely different perspective and you think about the game in completely different way so the point is how you will transfer those inspirations and informations to the player it is like a taking the hand of a child and going together. It's it's more like this. It's not like pushing someone. Go, go. Mm. Don't do it so you will see what's, what's happening. It's more, we should be really careful in that. It's like, uh, what can be the good, good example? Mm. You see, in this situation, we are losing the ball again. What things are you looking at when you are running with the ball. If you win one against one dribbling situation, what do you want to do next? Are you aware where your players, where your teammates are? Or you want to face another opponent? If you want to do it, what will happen? If behind, behind the back of your defender, you want to play one against one, but the, his teammate is close to him, what will happen? Are, are, are you sure you are in one-on-one -on -one situation? That, that, that's the thing. Okay, let him try. Well, let him try one. Let him try the second time. Once he will do it, then he will not do it. He will lose the ball. Let him reflect. It's like, uh, sometimes it's like really with the raising up the child. Okay, this is the fire. You touch the fire. What happened? It hurts. Will you touch the fire again? Uh, because this is like uh, getting self-esteem and informations that player explores by himself are easier to assimilate. It's easier to believe. It's his own experience. So in our training games, we create the conditions so, so the player can experience what his decisions are bringing up to him and the team. It's also creating feeling of responsibility. 
you are the member of the team and from your decision depends the situation of our team we will score the goal or not in the in your process of analysis process training methodology you talk about changing your perspective from a coaching standpoint mm. do, how does a coach do this and then how can we how do we know that we're changing our perspective or what's your advice in this oh that's really inspiring because usually uh, working as an analyst when I watch the football live I can comp- I have completely different thoughts from when I watch the game again uh, that's the one point the second point is that everything happens in the game our training process and planning is connected with that uh, this is like a, with very popular video with Zinedine Zidane and Marcelo Bielsa. When Zidane visited Olympic Marseille uh, and Bielsa said, in today's training, we will face the situation that happened to us in the game against AS Monaco. And this is just a pure example of that. Uh, we, we make analysis. We are reflecting on that with other coaches and then we are thinking, okay, maybe we should change the Thursday game because in this training structure, because in this team structure, it was really difficult for us to build up uh, our position, positional attack from the back because opponent was pressing in a very good way. Our next opponent plays very similar, so maybe we should work more on something specific so change of our perspective is bringing is just bringing more information for us about our team and way of our play so we can make corrections we can optimize our training process because before this game we were very confident we can do it but the game exposes exposed some some difficulties for us and it's very important. It also learns. Uh, it also teaches uh, to be a humble, more humble about yourself. It's not like uh, every decision we make is always correct, and it's nothing wrong to make mistakes. Every mistake gives you the potential opportunity to to improve yourself. And analysis is a perfect solution uh, for that. So is that a coach must then be open-minded, you know, going back to the personality of a coach, um, should they surround themselves with people who challenge that or is it the coach's responsibility to learn that or how does that process work? Mm, it's, it's not very easy and sometimes, uh, you know, the coaching staff is mostly a group of people and everyone has their own opinions but it's very important to look in the same direction and uh, of course uh, working with people is a uh, is a lesson of putting your head down sometimes or trying to use the best uh, arguments for for your position in discussion uh, but video analysis Watching the video method doesn't lie, never. It gives you the clear information and clear proof. Uh, so 
of course sometimes you can you can think the cause was cause and effect relationship is is very is just opinion of your individual so we can look at the same thing and in reality see two completely different situations uh, but it helps to reflect if you are perfect in every aspect if you are sure about every choice you do and uh, it's okay to sometimes change your perspective because of the analysis and try to find a different solution of course sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's very important to be always ready to learn and it's a no, no there is no better teacher than a football match because sometimes you just see football is very dynamic the teams doesn't play teams don't play the same way they were playing last season for example so how does it change and if you are able to change determinize if you are able to improve yourself as a coach so that's ways to improve yourself as a as a head coach as a coach that's trying to connect the game to the training to the, the holistic view of the of the program how does an analyst improve how does how do you get better in watching the game? Um, it's my personal opinion, but first of all, you are a coach. You are a football coach. Only then you can, if you understand, if you try to understand the game, and you, know, you want to be an analyst because you have an analyst mind. Uh, even if you have analyst mind, it doesn't mean you have to work as a football analyst. But uh, football itself is the best teacher and trying to see something more when you watch the game is the the process of very efficient learning uh, so um, practical experience your own mistakes and your own informations your own self feedback is then uh, confronting that with reality talking with other people uh, showing you work in the internet and what's the what's the reaction of the people uh, my whole work with my mindfulness process is constant learning it's nothing more it's just a learning for me it's not uh, it's not the business it's not uh, anything very special it's just a learning process um, of course you have to improve as a coach for me uh, to also improve as an analyst mm. and it doesn't matter what kind of video effects you put in your work uh, the content the content is the, the most important part of this whole process of analysis and coach education yeah it's, it's funny that I, I use like yourself coach paint and it's mm. a fantastic program and I love it but when I use it in this environment here in Chicago and then, you know, after one or two presentations, the players are like, wow, this is brilliant. But as good as the animations are, the quality of your work has to be up there as well when you're delivering it to the players, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, that's what makes the difference because uh, you will not improve your players by showing them 
lights and circles on the on the video. Of course, it's it's like the way of providing information. It's like in the communication and graphics on the video is like a words. Sometimes it can show it can transfer more information to the player and it's easier to remember for the players. But the content uh, is very it, it, it's the key. It's the essence. And this content is what changes you, what improves you as a coach also. The last question for you, we're now reaching a point where coaches are starting their pre-season and they're starting their planning for the, te- the, the structure ahead. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, as much as they want to improve their players physically, they want to get them mentally and tactically better. What, what would be the one thing that you would say in the post-game review what could a coach, an amateur coach who maybe doesn't have access to them for six hours a day or four hours a day, what would an amateur coach do that could maybe just help players to, you mentioned, reflect and review their performance? You know, for me, if you don't have, as, as you said, we don't have access to many trains during the week. Uh, I think it's very important to understand that we were, of course, we, everyone, find important to prepare the team in a physical way. However, sometimes physicality and high physical intensity of the training uh, doesn't provide the high efficiency during the game because sometimes the brain doesn't follow. So intensity, uh, the high intensity of the game is for me is the ability to maintain concentration and awareness on a specific level for the 90 minutes Uh, because sometimes when you are getting exhausted and very tired your mind is starting to to be distracted more easily and that's the point sometimes we 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 are watching the team losing the goal in 89th minute and we say the defender was tired and he didn't follow to, to to catch up to the striker. But not everyone asks the question why the striker win the position to, to to in this situation. Why the defender didn't react. So in my opinion it's not only the, the, the fault that he was tired and he physically couldn't catch up. For me, it's like he couldn't perceive and he couldn't react in the appropriate time. So what I would say to the team is like, we need to focus more. We need to bring the higher intensity in the training process with our attention and awareness. So we can, if we are training for 90 minutes, our mind is here on the training ground for 90 minutes also. And are those things just like, you know, visuals that you're seeing as a coach, people being attentive, people being engaged, people being focused, people being vocal? How do you measure that as a coach daily? Yeah, it's, it's how you manage the time, how you manage the breaks uh, when you're allowing the chats for the players. If you are starting training with the small rondo and everyone is having fun, it's, uh, of course, it's a good activation for, for them to get into the training. You know, we are like uh, friends, we are family, of course we want to talk. However, uh, the key point is how you manage intensity in your training game. 
if the game is too easy on the start, it will be not very efficient for the players because their involvement here to face the problematic situations will not be the same. If during your training game your game is easy and conditions are, during the game are not uh, reflecting what as a coach you want to achieve, your players will just play. Just ask your player after the training, what were you working on today? What was the point in this game? Uh, you know, it's sometimes this simple question can reflect. If your player doesn't know what he was training on, for me, for myself, it's like I I messed up this situation. I I created bad game, and it doesn't mean that I should tell my player what he's training, on, what he's working on. The key point is that through the conditions of the game, he can understand what I want them to do. If I will put conditions in the game, for example, to play from the back with the two central backs and one holding midfielder going inside into the line of three, and I will tell my players opposite team to play with the high pressing, maybe they will understand, okay, he wants us to, to provide better support for the to play with progression, to overcome high pressing. You know, so in that way, if they will face the problematic situations, I'm sure their concentration during the whole game might be in very good level. Because the player has to feel, I'm studying now, I'm learning now. If I will just give them ball and create some simple game, I'm sure this intensity and mental attitude will not be on the proper level. And if we put the proportions this time on the training and then league match, when they have to be for 90 minutes in the high intensity facing problematic situations, we can, we can expect how quickly they will get tired in a mental way also. Brilliant. What a way to finish. Slavic, we could talk all day about this. We'll have to get you on again. I can't thank you enough. This was fantastic. Thank you. Oh, it was a great pleasure for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry for my bad English. Sometimes no. I feel like it was... But it was not very easy for me to express my thoughts in a central way, in a certain way. But I hope the, the point was transferred, the message was clear. And thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thanks so much to Slavik for his time and his insight there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Big takeaway from me was about 20 minutes in when he's talking about how it applies to everyday coaching. If you think it's a case of downloading a Tiki Taka session plan from a website, you are wrong. It's not the form of exercise. It's how you do it as a coach. And I think that's often misread or misunderstood whenever we are talking about game intelligence that I think certain exercises today because we see it as coaches it's almost taken for granted that players will understand what we're trying to do when in reality they they probably won't they probably won't and if it's delivered in a bland way or if it's not followed up with some feedback or if it's not consistent with other decision-making variables that are related to the game, then it's not really going to be relevant or it's not going to be enough. So I think my takeaway from, from Slavic's 
insight there is that your your environment and your your style of coaching or your philosophy must be consistent with decision making in every single thing every single thing that's feedback that's preparation that's development that's sports science that's that's every single aspect of your program because we can't suddenly produce tactical players for 20 minutes a day when it's a certain exercise so I think that's a really, really good talking point. And again, I really liked how he drew it back to coaches and drew it back to the style of coaching because it's something that you don't hear a lot about. Today, we talk about game intelligence and that Slatan quote from the start. You talk about people who are excellent at it or maybe born with the ability to read it better than others, whether that's true or not. It's something that we sometimes don't take responsibility for as coaches as much as we possibly should and I think putting ourselves under a little bit more scrutiny or even putting ourselves under a little bit more pressure to say right well if a player's not understanding something then maybe it's not just the player maybe it's the environment maybe it's things that aren't really as consistent as they could be and how we're setting things up so maybe that's a talking point for staffs as they're getting together maybe that's a review process Maybe it's not just looking at the result or maybe it's not just looking at Saturday's performance. Maybe it's going back and saying, looking at every single training session, every single meeting, how was the, the information delivered? Was there a process of facilitating interactions, discussions, engagement with players and could that help? And and trying a few different things. So really enjoyed that. We'd love to hear your thoughts. At Gary Kernin on Twitter. At Gary Kernin on Instagram. Always appreciate you listening to the podcast. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernin on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com. 